welcome to another episode of the Comfort Monk Podcast. Today we got another legendary skater and musician, Leo Romero. Um, I knew him primarily from uh, from the Foundation era when he was riding for them, and he was putting out That's Life and all of these ridiculously epic uh, skate videos that meant a lot to me and my friend group growing up. But uh, Leo was kind enough to share a, a record that he's working on that's not out yet. Um, I believe he said it's going to be called Temporary Home. Uh, the tracks are awesome, and uh, we're probably going to, when we get this whole thing edited up, we'll throw in some of that music so you can hear it. Um, but it was cool. I got to speak to him a bit about the music side of things and nerd out with him about Randy Newman and whatever else. And then, you know, Dave from Blue Tile sat in with us again um, here on the porch at Eddie's house and uh, kind of helped me uh, as far as, like, you know, touching on some of the skate history there and uh it was really great man uh how'd you guys feel about it sitting in dude i loved it i, I loved all the there were there were a lot of correlations between making music and or making a record and filming a skate part or just like the creative process of it that i wish i had the ability to have built on more but it was cool to hear you guys talk talk music a lot well it's cool Just, to hear when when you and him were talking a bit about like you know whether it be clearance for for songs to use an escape video yeah, or hard. just the balance of like uh, finding music for that and uh you know and speaking a bit about like just the intensity of the travel that goes hand in hand with both music and skateboarding there's so many parallels and i and we talked about ray bar or with ray barbie about this a lot too about how like there's like like a crazy symbiotic relationship between music and skateboarding and really photography too but that's a little less relevant to to leo except for the fact that he's getting his picture taken on a skateboard all the time but <laughs> uh but you know it's just like they go hand in hand you know like uh whether it be like we were saying you know you're picking up a, a song for your part or like even if you're skating solo you probably got earbuds in and your song selection has a lot to do with your motivation in that moment, you know? Like, yeah, if you're listening sure. to something that's just, like, kicking ass, you're probably going to kick ass a little bit more, you know? Um, well, in theory, right? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, but I listen cool. to slow, depressing stuff before yeah. I go skating because it just melt, it just levels It depends me on the type of skating you're looking yeah. to do that day, too, right? Like, if you're just looking to cruise around, you'll yeah, yeah put yeah. something flowy and breezy on exactly it was cool man i and we similar to the ali bulala episode we kind of weren't sure what time of day it was going to go down and it kind of uh i woke up to a text from leo saying hey i'm, I'm free until one and i was like well shit let's get together and just make it happen yeah uh so uh we kind of scrambled got some extra gear so that we'd have a mic for both myself and dave shout out to marshall brown for loaning us the compressor mic this morning last minute uh, Marshall did an episode for us with Eric Slick, and he's recording an Eric Slick cover for this comp we're working on. So he's part of the fam too. But um, but it was cool. Like uh, I woke up not really knowing exactly how this conversation with Leo would go, and I'm walking away from it with a new buddy to riff on or riff with about music. We've been uh, sending each other links to records to to check out, which is cool. You know, like that that's. That's my goal is to just kind of connect people a little bit through this and, you know, instead of it just being a dude I looked up to for just kicking ass on a skateboard, now it's this dude that I can 
talk to about Randy Newman, which is, <laughs> I don't got enough friends to riff with about yeah, Randy I don't Newman, know man. Anything about it. You know, for some people, the, <laughs> the Randy Newman story starts and ends with short people. Yeah. And, which is okay, but there's a lot more there. Um, That's funny. Yeah. But this was awesome, man. Thanks for coming on again. And uh, Thanks for having me Like again. I said, we're not going to always make it super last minute for you, but it's cool that you're willing to drop what you're doing, especially with everything that's going on busy-wise. Yeah, it's always shop. hectic. Yeah, man. Well, um, I'm excited that you guys are, you know, casually reopening the shop and being smart about it. I know it's stressful, but yeah. I hope that it, is only helpful as far as like you know getting a few more sales in the yeah we'll shop. see it we'll see the the customers are definitely ready for it but, yeah uh, I don't know that they seem to be staying pretty active ordering stuff just online in yeah the interim even with the way things are we're trying to drive people to the website you yeah know, so one customer at a time in the store and we're wiping everything is down it blue tile com or blue tile blue tile sc com nice go there order everything yeah it's a good website I just bought some shoes there yes. yeah buy two of every deck <laughs> one for you and your neighbor yeah um, but yeah this is awesome man I'm, I'm glad that we're getting the doors are opening a bit more to the skate community which is pretty important to us like me and Eddie don't ride like we did when we were kids but we daydream about it all the time and I'm gonna get new bearings on the board so that it's the wheels turn again so that I can actually cruise around and hopefully not bust my ass too many times or at least bounce back when I do Dave can uh, testify to what it's like to for it to hurt a lot more Dude, now but yeah my my 30s and 40s have just been one injury after another yeah, but you always bounce back. Yeah. I never see you off the it, board that dude, long, it, man. Uh, I try. It's like always a, a, a lower bounce. <laughs> <laughs> you have like a, a, is there like a particular ailment that is like persistent? Well, for a while it's been my back. I oh, injured, that's a big I one, I had to man. have surgery on my back. But um, no, this last one was, was just uh, some tendonitis issues in my heel or I guess it's called plantar fasciitis oh, yeah. it's uninteresting but it hurts it. like I crazy I think it's an old people thing and I broke my toe like right before that so I'm like cool I'm healed oh no I'm not so, you know so I just I've got a good toe breaking story yeah so when I, when I was younger uh, my dad took me and my friend to Kona in Florida yeah and we were gonna be there for three days and the first day I broke several toes on my left foot oh my god and I went to my dad and I told him and they they have like a, a nurse or whatever on on site right because um, I assume that they just have <laughs> monstrous amounts of inter of right yeah and my, my dad goes well you can go to the nurse but if you do they're definitely not gonna let you ride the next couple of days uh -huh. yeah so <laughs> I just wrapped it up by the end of the trip I couldn't like I couldn't take my shoe off because I knew if I took my shoe off, I wasn't going to be able to put my foot back in it. Yeah. It was bad. So I, I rode with a couple broken toes. And of course, I was like 15, so I could deal with that. That's cool that Dude, my yeah. dad was. Nowadays, that would take that. me out for. <laughs> oh, yeah. Year. 15 year old me would not have stopped skating mm -hmm. over a broken toe. I had basically a broken ankle and just wrapped it up and mm -hmm. kept skating. Dude, we were talk when we were talking to Kira from Black Flag and Dose. I mean, obviously not skateboarding related, but speaking of like dealing, just playing through an injury, right when she joined, she joined Black Flag, like when they were touring for My War, and I don't remember exactly what the injury was, yeah, but she was some that, sort of who's hand got the injury. Ten and a half. Huh? The Who's Got the Ten and a Half Live record mm -hmm. yeah. she was on, yeah. Oh, but that's she, one of my favorite Black Flag oh, records. Oh, yeah, dude, that's like our, our yeah. I mean, we've, we interviewed Keith Morris for 
for the show too, so we were like, we're probably going to be like kicking ourselves for saying this, but the Kira era is our favorite, man. It's, it's the Comfort Monk <laughs> favorite, and that unfortunately is not the Keith Morris era. But right. that being said, outside of the Kira era, Keith is, a, is the best era. Because, yeah. um, you know, nervous breakdown and that stuff is oh, for incredible. Sure. But Kira like had some sort of hand injury right when she joined, but it was like the doctor was like, you need to not play for six months or whatever it was. Oh, but yeah. they were going on tour, and she was like, I can't not play. So she just played through an injury. And I think if I'm not, I might be misremembering it, but I want to say she said that it's kind of like giving her like, like her hand has just been kind of like, because she didn't let it properly heal, I think it's been kind of warped yeah. from that. And she just had to learn to play with this kind of like funky Damn. hand thing. Yeah. So, I mean, there's something to be said about when you're young and passionate, you don't, you don't, care about healing you know you don't have time to get better you know what i mean oh um, it's the it's the best and the worst yeah because then 25 years later and your thumb still hurts you're like god yeah if, I had, if i'd wrapped but then again like what would the story be she might not have stayed in black flag if she did that which right. she's great outside of black flag but i'm sure that that opened a lot of doors for her dude her first gig ever 16 years old at the whiskey a go-go in la like she's a, she's a badass like black flag you know, it's an important part of her story, but she would have, she's just as awesome with or without it, in my opinion. She's a nasty player. Um, God, that's so crazy. 16 years old. I know. And Whiskey A Go Go is like a yeah. legendary venue. Like, it's, you know, New Brooklyn at 16 years old is cool. Whiskey A Go Go at 16 yeah. years old is like, psh, brain can't compute. That's but you know crazy. what? New New Brooklyn is your Whiskey A Go Go. That's true, man. You know? Yeah. Or it's, your Ro or Rockefellas or. Yeah, whatever no, was around. Whatever. Dude, I wish that I was here in the 90s and shit when, like, Fugazi and everything was coming through. Yeah. You lived here through so some good. good eras, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fugazi I never came to my old town, man. Yeah, um, I think I've seen him three or four times here. Yeah, and then a they couple played times, here. Yeah. They played, yeah. I think they played, like, on, what was that spot that everybody, not, not on Toulouse, that's the place Green Streets, They played the National Guard Armory. Isn't there something like the, Uncle or the something even, that used to be a spot? I don't know if they Uncle played Doctors Uncle Doctors. I don't remember I that. But the Evens played the Art Garage, which was also Crazy. very awesome. Well, we're getting a little off, off subject here, the less Leo talk. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, again, this this interview with Leo was awesome, and we're, we're trying to do a lot of skateboarding-oriented uh, episodes. So if there's anybody... And the skate game that inspires you, uh, this is you know a message to all of our listeners out there. Like, just hit us up. We're the name of our game is not being scared to ask somebody to be involved. So doesn't matter if they seem out of reach. Let us know. We'll try. Um, I think we're gonna have a lot more uh, skaters and people in the skate industry soon. So and. Dave is definitely going to be really helpful in regards to that. So I'm excited about it, but we'll let you guys listen and check out Leo's music. It's incredible. He's sitting on a really beautiful record that I think you all are going to love. But, yeah, this is our talk with Leo Romero. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and if you like it, uh, remember to subscribe and rate us. Yeah, that stuff means a lot. It helps people find us, and when they do find us, they say, wow, look at all these reviews. <laughs> they look so great. I have to subscribe <laughs> right now. So, yeah, anyways... We appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much, and thanks again, Dave. Absolutely. We'll talk to you all soon. Yeah.
What's up, man? This is Dylan from the Comfort Monk Podcast. What's up, Leo? It's David. What's up, man? Well, it's good to have you on, man. I, I brought in David. He, he runs a skate shop here in town called Blue Tile that's kind of legendary, and I thought he'd be a good person to have in the mix with us. Um, but yeah, man. Cool. So, so you're hanging out in North Carolina? Uh, yeah, I'm in North Carolina right now. Are you hanging out with Sinclair up there? Or are you? I talked to him this morning. He's actually um, heading back to North or to North Carolina to North uh, California. Okay. To be be with his wife because um, he's been he's been on the road for a little while. Yeah, obviously you're on the road as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I got from everyone. I'm like, yo, what should I talk to Leo about? And they were like, uh, ask him about being on the road. <laughs> who who all did you talk to? Uh, I talked to Danny Wallace. And I talked to Sinclair. Yeah, as far as uh, the the consensus is that you're a bit of a road warrior, man. Yeah. Uh, I guess I don't know. I've been traveling since I've been 16, so it doesn't really seem all that strange, I guess. Right. What part of North Carolina do you say you're hanging out in? Uh, well, I think we're outside of Durham. Okay, cool. Maybe. Yeah, we yeah. talked. We talked to Amelia Meath. She's in this great band called Sylvanesso and she lives in Durham uh, and kind of hangs out there. They're, I think they're making a record there right now, staying busy. Um, speaking of, of records, I, I love the, the tracks you sent us, man. Is there like a name for the for the record that that's going to be on? Uh, Yeah, I think I'm going to call it Temporary Home. Yeah, that's a great yeah. track on there, man. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Were you listening to anything in particular when you were writing this? It kind of has this like laid-back, kind of breezy, 70s folk vibe to it that I really loved, man. I wasn't really listening to anything particular because the songs are kind of like arranged from a long period of time. And uh, I, I think the reason it has that sound compared to other stuff I have, I mean, being that other than the fact that I like to have everything sound different, is that I went to Nashville to record it with not the usual guys that I play with just because I was sick of being home for a long time. So I just kind of decided to hit up my friend, Paul DeFiglia, who lives in Nashville and he has a studio. And I wasn't doing anything. Like during December, the holidays usually is a dead time for skateboarding and traveling. And um, like like you guys said, I'm, <laughs> I like to be on the road. Uh, so I just kind of hit him up and asked him if he had some time open during December because I was bored and he said he did and he, he said he was able to he would, he'd be able to get musicians to play on the record and really had no intention other like other than just the songs I wanted to record and then once I got out there I asked him I was like hey can we do how many songs could we do and he just responded back with as many as you want and we were able to do 10 and uh, the ones that I favored the most were the, the eight that I sent over and it was. I think they sound like that just simply because of uh, the players that were playing on it and the way they played. And uh, I kind of like to uh, when it when it comes to recording and playing the music. I kind of like to uh, let the uh, the environment kind of control the uh, the situation. You know, don't try to control control too much, and then just let it kind of free. Uh, Reform into whatever the fuck it's gonna turn into. Right, right, yeah. Let the let the studio be an instrument itself, you know, a little bit. Just sort of let the natural pace of things. Yeah, more more of the the vibe because uh, the guys that are playing on it, I've never met them, and 
they were all like professional musicians and I, I had I mean I, I've never really done anything like that like hire musicians to come and play on on my music and I kind of just if they were enjoying it they it seemed like they were there we asked them we didn't really like hire them to play for the entire set of songs but once they were in there we were kind of just asking them like would you like to play on more and they're having a good time and they're just kind of down to do it so it kind of turned into that whole, whole thing where yeah, they were they were stoked they were stoked on the songs and they were having a good time so we just kind of took advantage of of them having a good time nice dude are you planning on releasing it under the same moniker you've released music under in the past or is it going to be under your own name no i'm gonna i'm gonna go under the same same name that i've been releasing stuff just because that's kind of i feel it's it's just funner to do it that way i don't, uh, I, I don't know be consistent kind of tie it all together and uh i don't i don't want to end up shooting my foot and mispronounce the name the name of that project would you mind uh pronouncing it for us so that we know that we're not that we're not incorrect over here I actually like it when people pronounce it because I've, I've heard it so many different ways and it's, it's just funny. But uh, it's it's actually a, a a Spanish word for mischief, which is pronounced travesura. Hey, that's that's pretty close to what I yeah. was saying earlier. <laughs> yeah, you, usually people get it get, get it get it right. Um, but is that yeah. like a is that a pretty common term or is it kind of a slang term? No, it's it's it's. it's I think it's to to the exact meaning that the word okay. is, is is mischief, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I couldn't. I hate naming songs and naming things, so I just figured playing rock music with your friends and getting drunk or high, or whatever, is pretty much mischievous. So yeah, it seems like mischief <laughs> is part of the you know it's sort of the name of the game when it when uh, <laughs> you're pursuing rock and roll or skateboarding, man. Yeah, or at least it's it, the start it, of it, you know. Yeah, in a good way though. Yeah, no, yeah, no, right, no, right. No, 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 nothing too good. You got to be a little mischievous to get to get a little fun out of life, you know. Constructive mischief, we would say, right? <laughs> <laughs> As I, I like that. Um, well, dude, I mean, uh, so I sort of brought Dave in uh, for multiple reasons. He's been helping us out with a with a bunch of the ones that we've done for the show that are a little more skate oriented. Um, you know, I, I got a lot of things I would pick your brain about music wise, but I'm glad he's here to kind of helped me with the skate history because you know i grew up watching your parts um especially like man that's life was a huge one for me um so it was always exciting to watch you play but then when when you and i were chatting and digging into your music a bit more i got even more excited just because it's a bit more of a common thread you know i've been you know i love skateboarding but uh it's been a while since i've actively skated you know um and i play mm -hmm. music all the time so it, it's just makes it where we've got a little easier touching points there but um so i was kind of curious man you know i feel like people's relationship with skateboarding and music it's usually kind of interesting they're they're tied together a lot whether it be you know people picking tracks for their for their clips in the in the video or just whatever is you know they're listening to when they're riding around town but i was sort of curious and think Dave can sort of piggyback on this uh you know what came first for you was it was music the first love or skateboarding or did they kind of come at the same time it was skateboarding I, I didn't really get into uh playing music and writing music to the to the degree of 
actually thinking about it consciously other than like oh i have a guitar i'll strum it from here what, what time to time but music kind of came to, into my heart i guess i should say around the time i turned 21 and i've mean, obviously been skating since i was like 10 or 11 so obviously skateboarding was was the first of the uh many addictions did you pick up a guitar on the road or through someone else or no, well, I bought one just because I was a young kid with money, and I don't know, I, you just, oh, I have to get a guitar now, I'm a, I don't have shit else to do, I'm just skating all the time, you know, and I didn't really mess with it, and I ended up giving it to a friend's uh, nephew, and and uh, around the time I started, I turned 20, 21, a friend of mine, he was really good at guitar, and he, uh, I bought one then, and then he started playing, and uh, then I got into Bob Dylan, and I'm sure, like, most songwriters that get into bob dylan that's kind of the uh the jumping off point you know well i mean i can definitely hear a bit of the dylan influence even on the more recent tracks man uh in a great way i mean you can't really go wrong pulling from that well as an influence um yeah and it and it wasn't it wasn't really the the, the even the like the, the musical aspect of it like as a, as a as a as a musician it was more the songwriting that was the most drawing for me it was it was the fact that you can you can say cool shit and mean whatever the fuck you want to mean and people i don't know just 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 that is is was was the was the real draws writing a song in musically and lyrically right yeah and if you're talking about dylan i mean he lyrically i mean you got you know early on maybe it's a little more familiar thematically lyrically but then you get to like you know, Highway 61 revisited and, and like a Rolling Stone or a Ballad of a Thin Man, and it's a game changer lyrically because it could be a six minute song that half the verses you could either like, this is the most brilliant thing I've ever heard or just total nonsense. I can't tell, but I'm happy that it's that I don't know, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. He's, he's good at that, man. Sometimes I, I really can't tell if it's my favorite lyric he's ever written or if it's just like him throwing words together mad lib style and it works just as well either way yeah and, and it's interesting to think back because the, the the music that i was like first a huge fan like my my first favorite artists were mark ballin who was obviously a fucking badass Absolutely. and uh but even even like his his lyrics were fucking awesome you know and they were weird and and, and from mark ballin i went to lou reed and i would say mark ballin and lou reed were huge for me and uh and and then from there I went to uh, to Bob Dylan. So it was, it was, I went from like I don't know. It's just it's just funny how that that works, I guess. Well, dude, I'm I'm glad to hear you're a Mark Bolin guy. If you when when uh when we get off the phone, I'll I'll shoot you a link to something that just came out. So back in the day, like in Mark's heyday, he had his own TV show, which was just called Mark. Um, and he would have it was kind of like one of those old. Uh, soundstage shows where a band would come in and play and there's just a host and a stage and pretty simple setup but he uh the, every episode of that show is now available in full online and the first episode that i saw at least he has the jam on which mark bolin and the jam collaborating in any way is pretty badass um <laughs> but it's a cool show man it's like full glam mark so it's it's just worth I didn't know it existed until about a week ago, and I was like, damn, this is awesome. And, like, I was just excited to watch Mark's show, but when he introduced the first band and it was the jam, I was like, dude, this is pretty sick. 
Um, yeah, that, that's that's crazy because I've, I've I like learned I like looked up a lot about him, and not once did I hear about a television show. Yeah, I've never heard about it, man. One of my bandmates is a huge T Rex guy, and he hadn't heard of it either. I sent it to him, and he was like, "What is this, man?" I mean, it, maybe man, it was. A, it might have been an overseas. Um, you know, it might not have been something that aired in the U.S. I'm not positive, man. But, uh, but I found a link to it. I'll have to share it with you. I think you'll dig it. Oh yeah, appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, man. Um, did I say you've been collaborating with Cracker Farm? Some the guy who shoots a lot of those videos from the Avits and Langhorn Slim and all that stuff, or? Yeah, well, um, I'm 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 buddies with that dude. He's he's fucking rad, man. He is, dude. He's talented. Are y'all? Uh, do you think you might? work together on some sort of video project at some point um i asked him for for this um but i'm on the road and and granted the situation of of everything uh but uh yeah I, i've filmed two songs with him uh in the past he's just uh i don't know like i, I i've got to know him just because of like going to avid shows and we started growing down and he's uh he used to skate and like like everyone nowadays, that that's old. They they used to skate, and they they see it now. They're like, oh, I should probably start skating again. But uh, but no, he's he's super cool. He he's I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's just one of those things where you 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 meet someone that you uh, respect, and the the chance that you'd click so well is pretty rare. So when it happens, you kind of don't take it for granted. And invited him on trips, and he comes on skate trips with us sometimes. It's pretty cool. I I feel like that's a a good segue to talk about the the old guys that used to skate. I just started back skating again for the first time this weekend after injury and injury and injury. How are you? I mean, you were skater of the year in 2010. Is that, is that right? Yeah. So how, how has uh, skating progressed? I mean, you've been in the industry for a long time is it getting harder to continue to push? I know you're working on projects now. How, how uh, has that for, changed? For myself, it's just, I just can't go as hard as I used to for as long as I used to. I just got, it's, it's a, you got to learn to take your time, I guess. I guess yeah. you, you figure that out as you get older, you know, you can't, you can't just get out of the van and start rifling them off, but. But you, 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 they learn to be a little bit more selective and uh, choose your battles a little, little, little wiser. Yeah, and better yeah, yeah, for sure. Spots, everything. So what, what, uh, what are you looking at as far as like your options for skate spots there and near Durham? Is there a lot? Are you kind of making mountains oh, out of mill hills? No, out here in North Carolina, this is just. This is there's this is handrail heaven over here. There's so many spots. That's awesome, man. It's yeah, I've never done crazy. a lot of skating. Have you have you done skating in North Carolina much, yeah. Dave? Yeah, it's been a while, but sure. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool, man. I'm glad you got plenty to work with out there. Are y'all shooting when you're when you're out there, or are you just having fun? Uh, we're we're filming. We're all filming for videos and whatnot. Nice. Are you riding with anyone else worth mentioning? Uh, Dakota Servold and Miles uh, Willard. Yeah, Miles that's who, writes for Toy Machine and Dakota Rats Foundation and just recently got on America, put out a badass part. Yeah. Sinclair told me to ask you about Miles. 
<laughs> what does he want? I don't what know. know? He's probably just pl- trying to plug. <laughs> I don't know. He's plugging right he's now. He's plugging for sure, yeah. yeah he's that's all he's right. a fucking plugger. No shame in that game, man. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. I, I hope you guys have a good day when you're out riding today. I know you're, you're planning on hitting it after we chat. Um, man, speaking back to the music just a little bit and, and back to what you were saying about, you know, I mean, not, not that you meant to, you know, I don't mean to exaggerate Dylan as an influence on you, but uh, man, I was listening to that track Consuelo, and part of the 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 vibe that made me think of it was the uh, the accordion player. Um, but man, it makes me think of of the band in all the right ways. It's kind of got. I mean, it's just everybody who's playing on it is really really solid and locked into that groove, and then the accordion player is just ripping. Um, but underneath that, like it's just a beautiful song. You could strip out all of that instrumentation, and you know, just you and the guitar and vocals, it would translate well, man. Um, that was a standout track for me. I really enjoyed that one. Thank you. Yeah, that, that's that's an interesting one because I recorded it for our last album release, but I wanted accordion on it, and uh, we, we didn't end up getting it. And it was one of those things where I just couldn't. I just couldn't allow it to not have it. Like I, after the fact, like it sounded awesome the way we had it, but it just didn't have the accordion on there, and I just couldn't do it to the song to not have accordion. It just I feel like I would be letting the song down. And uh, so, my, my one of my main things uh, going into this these sessions was I was very adamant about having an accordion player just because I love the way it sounds, you know. Yeah, and, it translates uh, perfectly. It sits really well on top of the sort of like spanish guitar vibe that's going on there underneath it you know it's a it kind of takes you someplace you know yeah for sure and and i think i i wrote it on i I like i wrote it and played it on a tenor guitar so it sounds a little different okay from from the original setting but 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 my intentions were uh having that that vibe you know um i mean lyrically it's obviously set in, in in mexico but I wanted it also to have that. The, the, I wanted the lyrics to, to be the kind of setting and then the music to be the mood to the setting, if that makes any sense. Oh, totally, man. Well, speaking of, of you know, the sort of Latin vibes on that track, um, have you been able to spend much time out of the country, like, you know, in any Spanish-speaking countries to kind of pull from that influence a bit anytime recently or have you been i mean obviously traveling's crazy right now but pre pre COVID 19 were you able to get out of the states a little bit and get inspired by other other places yeah i'm 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 always inspired by places but they always kind of come to me in different times and in different ways so you i could write a song about something that is just coming out and then after the fact, I can think of, oh, maybe, I think that's, that. I think that was that one trip, you know? Right, right. So I, I'm definitely, I definitely soak everything in as much as I can. But the uh, the fortunate and unfortunate thing about skate trips is that we're skating, or at least the ones I go on and the ones I like to go on, is we skate constantly from morning to night and sometimes well into the, the night and into the morning. So to really culturally experience a place you don't always get the chance unless you get broke off and you're sore and you just and usually those times you just fucking hang back and chill in the airbnb or hotel so yeah we've heard that a lot from the musicians we've talked to as well man like because 
a big thing I always try to touch on is you know whether or not somebody has any experience in Colombia, like whether they had any noteworthy, worth telling about stories from here. And you know, some musicians have just been like, "Man, I've been to Colombia a thousand times, but I could only tell you about the place I ate at and the thirty minutes that we played or whatever," because yeah. you know we were just passing through. We're not really you're not hanging out with some with some free time and like a couple days to spare you really don't get to know a town at all you just you just see it in passing you know um yeah um totally but um but the, 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 what what i mean by like uh by like i don't get experience the cultural side of things is 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 like the the uh what you would expect that you would to experience when you're going on like a vacation trip when you like i'm gonna go to china and see the uh the, the great wall and and see all the sites or i'm gonna go to mexico and see the aztec ruins i i, I feel like i i get a lot from because i mean in reality when we're out skating we're 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 immersed in in, in with people and and just a different a different style of each culture where where you don't really not around the touristy side you know you right. get to see kind of kind of more a realer look and and uh you kind of have a, a a more realistic view of the way people really live and then you kind of you kind of think and i i, I guess i kind of think i was like damn it's kind of crazy how no matter where you go we're all kind of fucked and we're all kind of happy and we're all kind of bummed <laughs> doesn't matter if you're in spain doesn't matter if you're in the u.s doesn't matter if you're in fucking england you know that it's like everyone's dealing with the same shit totally man but in some ways that's what that's what bonds us all together right the human experience the shared human experience so um, yeah and that and that that's that that's like the, the interesting thing is about it all is it's like we're all we're all the same <laughs> totally, we're all man. bummed out we're all bummed out most of the time and we're all happy half the time yeah man well uh you know speaking of some of those shared experiences we we were speaking to ali bulala just the other day and uh talking to him about how wild it is that you know at such a young age not only did he go pro but that he you know left the, his home country and you know kind of got his footing here in the states and just how you know how that is processed at that young of an age i was kind of curious sort of the same for you man i mean like you said you've been hitting it you know, on the skateboard for so long. Um, what was it like kind of finding success at a young age with that? And, uh, I mean, you know, I know that you said you're a young kid with money, so you bought a guitar, <laughs> which is a good thing to invest in. But, you know, could you speak a little more about, you know, what it was like dealing with that uh, success at a young age and navigating it a bit? Uh, there really wasn't much navigating, uh, and I, I don't think you realize as a kid, or even when you're in the thick of, of the, the snowball starting to go down the hill and catch a little steam, that, uh, that it's not, like, you, you don't really see it as success, you just see it as, like, the next thing, and things happen so fast that there's really no way of knowing what the fuck's going on. It didn't take me until I broke my ankle when I was 30 that... I realized, like, holy shit, like, I've been a skater for this long, and holy fuck, like, like I had to sit, and that was the first time I ever had to sit still for longer than a few months, and I'm, I... You're lucky that it took that long, man. <laughs> yeah, like, 
very, very, very lucky. But, but that that was the first time I actually I, I could sit and look back at how crazy it all was, you know. But, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I guess that some know. of it is like it, it's a uh, sort of like a retrospective at the you know once you have that the perspective of having done it for a while, you can look back and be like, damn, it was crazy. But in the moment, you were just living it, which is what you should have been doing, you know, enjoying the moment and just making the most of it. Yeah, it's 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 tough to try to uh, to try to rationalize when you're when you're moving so fast. Right. What age was that that you got out and just started your career skateboarding? Um, I I guess technically when I first started getting paid, I guess is when it technically becomes a career. I think I started getting paid at age 16 and that's that's yes. why well, I was I, I was traveling at age 15. I started going all over the states, but 16 that's when I went to Europe for the first time, which was a month, and I went to uh England, uh Russia, France and Germany. Dang, that's crazy. And who were you riding for Foundation then? Yeah. Oh, nice, man. Dude, that that era of Foundation is just classic, man. Yeah. Uh I've been talking to Gareth Stir a little bit about bringing him on. I think that would be awesome to talk to him. He's been busy with his art and stuff too, which you know gives us plenty of exciting stuff to talk about. But man, like I I can't tell you how many kids in Georgetown, South Carolina, were inspired by That's Life and wanted to get on a board because of it. Man, uh, <laughs> I, I, I revisited that uh, your clips from that, and I was like, man, I forgot. You know the little the intro where. You know the the rail that was giving you some grief, and you kind of had a little moment of rage right before you nailed it. I was like, "Is something about you channeling that rage in that moment?" Because you, a lot of people would have just given up or smashed the board or whatever if they were that mad, but you just fucking hit it extra hard the next time and nailed it. It was a, it's an inspiring part, man. I feel like it kind of speaks to your career a little bit and your approach, just kind of persistence and. Uh, a, you know, just a, a willingness to keep at it, you know? Yeah, I was just having a good time, man. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. How old would you have been, do you think, around the time that That's Life was filmed? Uh, 16, 17. Oh, wow. Damn. I didn't realize you were still that young at that at that point. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's a, that's a great early feature to have. Um, I feel like that might be, and maybe I'm completely off, but... When I look at the kids coming in the shop now, that 15-year-old, 14, 15, 16-year-old, it just seems like they have no grasp of the world. But then so many people that I grew up with or people that are pros now or whatever, they really did just get out of their home at such a young age. Is that something that is still happening? Do you see kids that young just navigating the world today like like they were, you know, 20 years ago or uh, it's, I I think there is. It's, yeah. it's hard it's hard to say cuz we all romanticize our For sure. our child our childhood more than, than others, you know. You you think of you, you you think of kids now and you're like, "Oh, they have his fucking Instagram and yeah. all that shit." Like they don't know shit or whatever, but they're probably fucking looking at us like these guys don't know shit. Oh, absolutely, a hundred percent. But 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 someone like DJ Collins who rides for Toy Machine and yep. bands and whatnot. Uh, he's he was sixteen, fifteen when I first met him. Yeah, and uh, he was a 
travel he's been traveling the world by himself by that point and he, he met us in china at the age of 15 like yeah like what's up and he's been doing that as a kid and he was he, he's not like uh, a shitty little kid or like kind of clueless to what's going on like he was in china by himself and he went to like a starbucks on his own and got his own shit and came back and right and i thought to myself like whoa like this kid is 15 years old walking around china like he doesn't even give a fuck like it's just like it's downtown los angeles you know and i know i know some people older than me that wouldn't even fucking step foot out of their own house or own state yeah dude i'm that guy no man. that's inspiring i mean <laughs> Sometimes, that's at least. that's cool and you're and you're right you just have to like maybe i'm looking through the the small scope of blue tile and i see you know like you see what is in your life every day and just to like oh yeah okay yeah there are people <laughs> that are still young and making it through their life and he'll, and he'll probably be a um i don't know like world travel it's just gonna you grow a lot more as a human i think and you and you see that human experience that we were talking about just a few minutes ago you make yeah, those I connections I, I, I think you you gain a lot of empathy for yeah. uh, for people when you when you gain a lot of empathy at the same time you also realize that there's a lot of that there's a lot of fucking fucked up shit out there but yeah i mean you can't you, you kind of need both you need, need, need to see both of them and i think as a kid you kind of you start to see that a little younger you know you you can see how how the world is and how people like worst people on earth are just in the airport yelling at each other and fucking taking each other's seats and cutting in each other's lines like yeah you want you want to see how humans are? Go to the airport or drive on the freeway. That's where they're fucking nuts, you know. Oh yeah, yeah man. but I always like going to the airport and just like I just look at everybody. It's I don't know. Good I'll, people watching. <laughs> people watching daydream about what brought them there. Is it, like that, so. is it at all compared? Well, it can't be because. But I was gonna say the, the when I think of people watching and it's prime, I think of the uh, South Carolina State Fair. That is yeah. the next level people watching, dude. People watching when they've got a donut burger in their hands is like, you. that's people what they're in rare form, you know? <laughs> um, uh, but no, yeah, I, I, I think I think there's definitely some fucked kids growing up, but there, there's also some, some good ones that yeah. still like to, to wander and still like to wonder about shit outside of their little rectangular piece of glass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Leo, have you have you ever spent much time here in Colombia? No. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, we uh, we were wondering because you know there's been so many people who've come through, whether it be like for an event or a showcase that Blue Tile is associated with. We we're like, I, I, I might have come. To, I might have come for an event, but frankly, I'm pretty stupid when it comes to remembering stuff. I uh, am too. I, that's one of my biggest anxieties. It's like I'm just sitting here admiring. <laughs> Dylan's memories. I'm like, wow, you have memories of being a kid. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised, I don't man. I, you know, the few brain cells I've got left help me out. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Uh, if you if you are finding yourself in South Carolina sometime soon, you'll have to hit us up. We'll show you the spots and show yeah, you man. the shop. It's a good it's a good town, man. It's it's a it's one of those like medium-sized cities with a ton of character everybody kind of knows everybody so it feels like a small town but it's got a lot that you know your average mid-sized city can offer and i grew up in a town where like about three hours from here and there was nothing as far as skate spots i mean we had to 
we would find like you know a two or three stair in front of like an abandoned dentist and like wear it out and then i look back at him like, what a puny little nothing yeah. spot but it was something for us i've still got scars on my elbows from that stair set you know but oh but, man the nothing spots make you into something though that's yeah. true man yeah 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 those are i mean but then we were, you know, when we were talking to Ali, he was talking about when he got to uh, to California, and he's like, "This is what the sidewalks are like here, and yeah. the streets are all paved well." And I was like, "Yeah, man, like it's it's a game changer how some of the cities are. I mean, it's but you know, probably makes you a more well-rounded skater if you start with like kind of a shit setup, you know? Yeah. It just yeah, makes you work of, for uh, it." I think of John Dixon, who is one of my personal favorites. He he grew up skating on like a in his driveway. Because he lives in, he lived up in a farm country in Illinois, and he's one of the greatest skaters and looks the best. And it's like that guy grew up with a fucking patch of cement. Yeah. Dude, yeah, dude. Similarly, one of my one of my close friends growing up who just was, you know, he's the guy who I kind of cut my teeth with on as far as skateboarding is concerned. And just he was just instantly gnarly, like he was born on four wheels basically. But he lived on a dirt road. And it was like a mile to the nearest paved road, and I always thought, man, what a weird thing that he 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 didn't go into his he couldn't just go on the street in front of the house like most kids could and get by with just something to ride on. He had nothing like that. He had to like ride his bike across the neighborhood just to find some asphalt. And I was like, you know, there's something to be said about the fact that he probably you know when he was skateboarding, it was a commitment. It wasn't just going in the front yard. It was riding his bike across town finding the spot and when you're there you're going to hang out a while and that's yeah makes it a little less uh, of a fleeting interest like you have to be a little it just forces you to be a little more committed uh, it's in to his it. heart man yeah, yeah totally but then he ended up building a half pipe in his backyard and the rest was history you know then he could just rip at home but he was the only friend with a half pipe in the backyard too so yeah there was plenty to benefit from hanging out with with uh with him back in the day for sure um but yeah, man. Uh, you know what? What's new with you? Uh, you know, obviously the records coming out in a few months. That's really exciting. Do you have like? And I know you're out shooting. Do you have any other like particularly exciting things coming up you'd want to talk about a little bit? Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm just skating. I'm just I'm just trying to be. I'm just trying to stay ten years old as long as I can and been doing it for for this long and hopefully it, it lasts me because if it if it ends tomorrow i couldn't be more grateful of the time that i had yeah man and you know i mean I'm, I'm glad that you're kind of pursuing multiple passions in life because if one takes a little bit of a back seat for a while you're not i don't know there's something to be said about finding multiple things in life that bring you a lot of joy because like you said you could roll your ankle tomorrow and be out of commission for a few months and if you didn't have a guitar to play you'd go absolutely crazy you know like you gotta have and like this podcast kind of serves that for me you know like I, I put so much stock into music providing me happiness for you know the past 20 years or whatever you know um i mean i guess not i was eight 20 years ago but you know same difference but writing songs today. yeah um you know but recently i was like man like i don't i don't want music to take a back seat but Sometimes, you know, especially like right now, you can't gig right now, and I'd be a lot cr like more stir crazy and losing it if I wasn't spending my time chatting with people like you and just having like, you know, meaningful, exciting conversations and letting this 
you know, scratch a different creative itch. So I'm glad that you don't put yourself into a corner either. You know, you've, you've given yourself the chance and uh, the room to grow both with music and with skating. And I mean, are there are there any other outside interests? Are you doing any other creative projects or anything? Just, I mean, even, you know, less creative, just things that are bringing you joy? Uh, I, I mainly just, just skate and, and uh, like, I just love writing songs. So skating and writing songs is, is what I love to do. You know, that's, it's just fun. And it's, it's fun to read up about how people write songs. And I was just actually going to do the, the Miles Willard plug right now. But I was, he was asking, we were talking about how songwriting goes and he was asking me how I write a song or whatever. Cause I, we were talking about, I, I wrote a, the actually maybe baby, the one that's in, that I sent you, I wrote that in his, um, uh, brother's room when we were staying up in baltimore at his house on a skate trip and it's just it's like uh i don't know I, like i love that process so much and and skating it's like i like i think i have my <laughs> that's my my plate is kind of full with with enjoying it so much and it's i'm definitely feel lucky and and blessed that i have two things to um to take up my time that i enjoy you know and and skateboarding Oddly enough to say, it's like how you were saying you, you put stuff on the back seat because one thing is kind of taking over or whatever. With skating, you kind of like make your own schedule and it's there's really no no structure to it. So there really is no back seat. It's kind of like That's however it goes, man. you know. So 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 it's like for for me, it's like oh, some days I can't really fucking ride or play. You know you know how it goes. And then some days I can't really skate or or some days I can't. It's it's a weird, it's a weird thing to to think about, and I try not to think about it too much because then you kind of start turning up the whole the whole process and feel weird about certain things. I just try to try to keep my mind as clear as I can to to skate and to, to write songs, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, it seems like a pretty good balance. The two things. Yeah, yeah, because I can't really write as well when when I'm not skating, and that's 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 a. That, that that to me makes me think is like dang I need skating like so much like and when I can't right. skate like that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a real bummer but well, if like it's hard from if you wear yourself ahead, out skating all day and then you kind of clear your head just by you know all the energy you put into that when you get home your sound of mind might have a little bit of clarity to put your mind towards writing a song or something you know I mean I I similarly will you know i'll bike 15 miles just so that i can not be thinking about x y and z that's driving me crazy and when i come home I, because of that i feel like it's like a i just i'll compare it to like an etch and sketch man when you when you work your ass off whether it be on the skateboard or on a bike or whatever you're doing physically it kind of makes your it's like shaking all the all the scribbles off the etch and sketch and kind of clearing things up a little bit um or at least for me, that's how how it kind of operates. Um, but that being said, you know, like I, you know, I, I I agree, man. I'm glad that you have have both of those and that you're able to make your own schedule and make it work for you. Um, I was yeah, it's, def it's, it's definitely like a a fucking blessing. I'm I'm it's it's crazy. It I I can't believe it myself. It's fucking weird. Nice, man. Well, uh, there's a record I wanted to suggest to you, man. It's uh. You know, just when I was listening to your stuff, I was like, I bet that Leo would dig this, man. Um, so, like, in, I guess I want to say, like, some point in the 70s, probably earlier 70s, there's a guy in California named Jim Sullivan, and he wrote and recorded this record called UFO. And it's a, 
it's a crazy story behind it, man. It's it's just this like it's kind of like hippie rock at its or like hippie folk at its finest. It's like really really well done, but it kind of has that sort of seventies hippie acoustic guy vibe to it, um, which could scare some people off. But I promise this is like the best version of that sound. But uh, the guy he wrote this record and he got members of the Wrecking Crew, you know the guys and girls who played on. Uh, on like Beach Boys records and all that stuff. They, yeah, yeah. Nobody really knows how he got these crazy session players on his record, but they're on it, right? So that's part of the mystique. But the guy had always said, you know, like if I'm gonna, if I could pick how I die, I would just go into the desert and disappear more or less at the hands of aliens. I guess is what he's hinting at, which is bizarre. But he was supposed to be leaving California to move to Nashville, or at least near. Nashville and Tennessee with his family after he made that UFO record and they found his car in the desert with his guitar, his wallet and everything in it and have never seen the guy since. <laughs> like no there's it's never crazy. So but you know He's obviously exceeded. he yeah. he eat, something happened or he was abducted by aliens. We're not positive. But uh, he did make an incredible record, so I'll send that over to you as well, man. Light in the Attic, this real sick label that puts out a lot of kind of lost gems like that, uh, has re-released that record and his self-titled and a collection of demos. And I'm like, man, this just it hits, man. I put it. It's a record I can put on any time, and I'm like, this it just is nothing but hits. It's the band is so nasty and. The record I got recently was by him. It's just demos from that, and it, it's just him and an acoustic. And I was like, shit, I might like this even more than I like the full band record. And the full band record's like, cool, man. Those goddamn demos, man. What's up with these demos always being the ones that people I, love? That's the trick, man. Sometimes you write a demo and you can't ever get a studio version to sound as good. I mean, <laughs> like Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska, he recorded it all on a four-track, and they tried to go into the studio, and it just wouldn't work, so he just mastered the shit out of those four track recordings so it sounds really good it doesn't sound lo-fi but it is four tracks recorded in like a hotel like peak springsteen career too like post born to run and all that stuff so it's kind of yeah, wild no, to... I, I i i know that one or fucking uh the mountain goats uh the uh all hail west texas oh dude mm -hmm. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's such a good record. They Mountain Goats played here. They uh, headlined a festival here in town a couple years ago and have played uh, kind of our local dive bar in New Brooklyn at least a couple times over the years. They're awesome, man. I was just listening to, what's the song called? Best Ever Death Metal Band Out of Denton, I think is what it's yeah, called. Yeah. That's a great that one, one, man. That one's epic. Talking about fucking lyricist, man. That guy... He could just be a cappella and he'd still rip your heart out with those lyrics, you know? Yeah. You you guys you listen to the uh the Randy Newman songbook Dude. album. It's like, like Yeah, I'm a huge the, Randy like, Newman just, guy. <laughs> yeah, same. Like I'm I'm like the biggest uh but that album, I mean obviously listed just him and the piano and it's like all of his songs basically and it's just fucking insane. Dude. Yeah. Are you a Nielsen guy at all, Harry Nielsen? I like him, but I'm definitely more on the on the Randy Newman side. I mean, I, like I, I like I like Harry Nielsen, but I don't know. I just well, dude, split never, the difference, I, man. I, Listen to that Nielsen sings Newman record. Have you heard that one? No, I, I I've definitely listened to that shit. Of course. That and the funny thing is, it's it's a record of all Randy Newman covers that Harry Nielsen does, but Randy Newman plays piano on the whole record. No, yeah, I know. It's but it's I, so strange. It's, 
And it's like the covers like Brandy driving nails in the back, whatever. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome, dude. I mean, I'm a have you? I'm a big Nielsen guy, man. I'm I'm like even the records that I don't even like that much by him, like a touch of Schmilson in the night. It's just him doing like standards. I never listened to it, but I still had to buy it for the collection just because. I don't know, man. As a vocalist, Harry does it for me. Like, I'll take you know even the extremes of it, like Lime and the Coconut. It's a jam. It's hard. Yeah, it's no, maybe that's, not that's an everyday jam, jam, but it's a jam. <laughs> no, that's 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 definitely a weekend Sunday barbecue jam. At least once or twice. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. H- have you listened to the uh, Newman Live? Randy Newman Live. It's, he, it's like him. What I imagine in like a small club, and he plays twelve songs, and it's Ugh. fucking epic. What you era, should like, listen to that. Around what time do you think that was recorded? Fuck, I think it was. I don't know. I think it was like after his first three albums. Okay. So whatever era that's, I'm terrible with dates and shit. But yeah, I mean, uh, it would have probably been but, in the seventies. I would think at that point still. Yeah, but it's basically him. In what it, it sounds like, he's just in a small club and he's talking you hear his foot stomping and it's just insane it's fucking if you like brandy newman you'll listen to this and be like fuck yeah, this is dude, badass I'll, that's on my immediate to-do list then man <laughs> yeah we'll trade some records yeah. man I'm, I'm glad that we touched on all this because it sounds like you and i listen to a lot of the same stuff man i bought sail away on vinyl for the first time recently and I mean, obviously, that's the one that people talk about all the time, right? Because "Sail Away" is such a great song, and you know, the, uh, that's. Have you heard that? I think it's. Uh, I think it's called "God's Song," the one that's on there, where it's like from the perspective of God, and it's like, it's so satirical and, uh, I guess, cynical too, because it's a, you know, it's from the perspective of God, and he's describing why he loves mankind, and it's basically oh, yeah. him, him saying. I treat all of you like shit, but you still like me yeah. anyways, and that's yeah. why I love yeah, mankind. Like, that's why I love mankind. <laughs> it's amazing, dude. He's like, you know, I, I you yeah, know, whatever. I, I mean, it's appropriate for now too, with the plague vibes going around. Um, but yeah, man, he's awesome. I could talk about Randy all day, but uh, oh, same. I could fucking get. Yeah, dude, we need, like we need a skate part points. with a fucking Randy Newman clip over it. How weird would that be? I feel like just you for see- the. You're so used you to can. hearing like proto punk, which I love, or something like that with a skate clip. But throw a piano ballad underneath somebody's skate clip sometime. I'm into it. Yeah, but it's gotta. You can't just waste the Newman That's song. That's true. It's, like, it's, it's gotta be. It's just. It's just like skating to Dylan or the band or Neil Young or like Joni Mitchell or something. Like you somebody can't. skates to Neil Young on. Oh God, I'm trying to think who it was, man. There was some video I used to watch all the time, and somebody was skating to. Um, it's, God, it's just rocking it's in the gotta, free world or something like that, you know. Oh, it, it was zero. Use it for a friend section, and it was pretty badass right there. Yeah, because they for fucking skating, or whatever. But, but to skate to that stuff, you gotta. It's gotta be. You can't just waste a song like that, you know. That's true, man. Yep. You you gotta you gotta give the 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 fucking these dudes and dudettes the the credit that they they deserve for songs that they've written. You can't just waste it on an Instagram edit or something. You gotta fucking really pull out all the stops. That being said, man, if you if you incorporate a song well enough into a skate part, it is not a fleeting usage of it. Because, <laughs> I mean, think about, I'm sure it goes for you and Dave, too. Like, I mean, there's so many bands that I discovered because of, for sure. you know, Flip Sorry or Absolutely. That's Life has a great soundtrack the whole time through it. You know, like, I mean, that's half of what... 
Dude, if you if you're talking about my era of skating, like it's you're pulling it from the videos or like the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack or something. You know what no, I mean? No, for like, sure. I, I definitely got into music through skating too, for sure. Um, trying to think, man. What what were some of the bands you were pulling? Were you picking the the bands who were being used for your clips back in the day, or is that usually like you know whoever's I, editing, or how's that? How does that usually work out? Yeah, every every skate park I tr- I've had, I've, I've had a strong hand in picking the song. Nice. Like for that's life, I I I almost use Violent Femmes' American Music, but instead I went with the Moving Units, and then I did the Moving Units because like my buddy really liked them, and I was like, oh, you like them? Like I'm fucking down then. But that's getting harder these days too. The music rights, and you can't just like every one of our original shot videos is we can't even put them up anymore. They get pulled down or muted. So has that made things more difficult, like putting a part together and getting the rights or the the brands you? It's, it's just tougher because it's just more expensive now, and there's not yeah. as much. There's no money. There's no money in making videos because right. they're just free, you know. So there's yeah. no. So it's. It definitely makes it difficult. Uh, the big brands don't give a fuck. They're fucking huge, so they can just cash exactly. out. Yeah, a couple hundred bands, bucks but... here and there for for a big enough company isn't a big deal. But if you're doing it on a oh, DIY that's... scale, that ups your budget significantly per track, you know? A couple of hundred bucks would be so ideal, but this is like two, three, five grand and shit Ooh, like that. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. I'm talking, I guess I got that number because the, uh, <laughs> the band that, I play and we we recorded a cover for a, a record that we're putting out and we've never done that before. Um, I mean, we've recorded covers for fun, but never like released it on an actual record of ours. Um, and this is an Everly Brothers song, so it's like a big band. Yeah. Um, but the song licensing to do a cover on a record is not that bad, man. It's like yeah. under two hundred bucks, and that's like a Sony label, like. You know, everybody knows the Everly Brothers. They're like a huge band. All I all I have to do is dream. You know that kind of yeah. stuff. They're huge. This is a little bit of a yeah. deep cut by them, but still, like the way it works with that, it depends on how many records you're putting it out on, and if you're putting it on streaming. So there's all sorts of stuff like that. But even with us doing like you know 300 vinyl records and however many downloads we paid for it's you know under 200, so that's not bad. So I was thinking, you yeah. know, but for a video, you're using the actual song it's completely different i guess that's where it becomes so much more expensive sometimes you know yeah i think i think two grand is like a low end thing and an art like the cool thing about it is like most artists are down um and fucking but it's the 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 record companies that is what are like fuck that like charge them up like for instance like uh i used uh black keys for one of my parts and from what yeah. I understand, they got back to us and were like, oh, we want to see the video. And they like saw, they're like, cool, yeah, we'll charge you this much. Like they were, I'm assuming they were stoked on it because they allowed it, you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense and, too. I think those guys kind of have an appreciation for skate culture too, you know? Yeah, and and, and uh, like like No Age, for instance, like I'm buddies with Randy Randall of No Age. Have you heard of the, the, the punk band No Age from oh, yeah, Los sure. Angeles? Yeah, so I know him and I was like talking about using a song and he's like, dude, on my end totally free but i got the record label probably gonna charge you like x amount of dollars or whatever so it's and then that's like a kind of an interesting thing too because the artists are usually fucking down you know what i mean yeah totally well speaking of speaking of that balance dave's always putting together videos over here so if you ever uh feel inspired to to let us use uh some of the music you've been working on i'm sure that there's uh some six skate 
videos that they're putting together that would be served well by one of your tracks, you know? Oh, if any skater ever wants to use my music, it's free. <laughs> That's hell yeah, man. That is yeah, good fr- to know. Our friend Chaz just gave us some some music for uh, the newest Blue Tile video, which is kind of huge for us. You know, uh, are you familiar with Chaz from uh, Toro Ima, Leo? No. Oh, man, he's his hometown hero here. He's Yeah. He's a, I mean, he's really successful. You know, he's collaborated with insane, like, you know, Travis Scott he's collaborated with, you know, like huge names. Um, and, I mean, outside of just, like, the shoulders that he's, you know, the rubbing elbows right. he's done and the people that he can name drop, he's just yeah. made a lot of really great records. Even if he had no namesake, it would be worth checking out. He's a super yeah. talented well, guy. I- I definitely want to add that all the music is our friends in that <laughs> in that video, and it was all, for the most part I think it was all given to us, which is huge and super appreciated. I only bring up Chaz because the record label thing is an issue because he's you know he's way bigger than yeah, you know, yeah like so the, I definitely the want to bands and whatever let every artist know that we're appreciative for their music, oh, but for Chaz. Sure. I was pretty surprised that we were able to pull that off and uh, not have to pay thousands of dollars to use a Toro song. Yeah, well, the thing is, so Chaz, he's like kind of like, he's like one of the bigger names on the label that he's on. He's like, he's kind of turned down major labels over the years and he stayed with a smaller indie. And I feel like he kind of, because of that, he can call the shot, call the shots on how things operate with his music, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Man, Leo, another thing I wanted to run by you. So we're we're already putting together one compilation that's like a covers record. Um, basically, the concept is that we get either you know either people who have because we bring in a lot of guest hosts to interview people, and a lot of those end up being musicians. Or you know we've had some really exciting musicians on the show, like Mike Watt from The Minutemen, or uh, like I was saying, Amelia from Sylvanessa, or Eric Slick from Doctor Dog, and. Uh, so yeah, I, li- I listened to that one as well. Oh, nice, man. Cool. I appreciate you checking it out. But uh, I was going to say, man... Yeah, I, I, I had to check it out before I was on here. I wasn't just going to fucking yeah, go you blind to go, in this band. Dude, you'd be surprised. I think plenty of people come in blind and, and they're like, just like, screw it. We'll see what happens. But I'm glad you did your research. But I was, well, gonna I, I, was I, I was more going off of like just the way you guys like interact. You know what I mean? I, and and for, for me, a, a huge thing with podcasts is the way people, their voices... I don't know, like, if it's, like, I just, like, it's, like, if it sounds cool to me, I'm, like, yeah, I think I can do that. Nice. Well, I'm glad we fit the bill, man. But uh, I was going to say, being that you are a guest and a musician, I'd love to have, uh, we're wrapping up the first comp, and it's going to have, like, you know, Mike Watt is covering a Ray Barbie song on it. Ray Barbie's covering a Doe song, and a bunch of, I mean, it's probably, like, 15 artists or something, but we're already kind of thinking about the, second installment of this and whenever we have a list of of guests from you to pull from as potential covers it'd be sick to have you record something if you'd be interested man yeah man i'm down you guys are fucking cool yeah man sick dude i'll keep in touch and uh we ali told us he's working on some music too i told him that you shared your tracks with us and he said he's gonna try to see if he can't get something you know recorded that he's happy enough to or you know satisfied enough with to share with us which I'd be excited about man. I'm. I'm. It was really cool talking to Ali. You know his his fashion dude, sense. Man, you, you I've been wearing red shoes because of him and Jim for the past decade. You know, like those guys are legendary beyond their skateboarding. So 
But yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely if you're open to it, I'll share him your uh, some of your tracks with him too. Cause yeah, that'd get him excited. Share him the ones you dig, and then see if he digs them. Yeah, man. I mean, he was excited that you were working on something, and I, you know, obviously you guys have some similarities and being successful with both music and skateboarding. Um, did you guys did the? I mean, was he riding for Baker when you you were on Baker at one point as well, right? Yeah, he wasn't on Baker, but we, we were on a trip together. Um, well, it was just like a culmination of a bunch of friends and skaters in Australia at one point, and he was he was on the trip. And it was actually before I like really played guitar, and I, and I think back, because he, 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 I remember we were at a fucking, we were at a gas station. This fucking dude, he gets out of the van, and there's just so happens to be, I don't know if it was like planned or anything, but he gets out of the van, and he goes into this guitar shop, and... I'm not really paying attention at the time, but retrospect, I can, I can like somewhat visualize it. Um, but he runs in there and we're like doing whatever. I think people are getting beers or whatever fucking people do on a skate trip, you know, waiting to, to go to the next spot. And he just comes out with the fucking 12 string guitar that he just bought in the shop <laughs> from, from this. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that's like what happened. I remember thinking about it. I was thinking about it around the time when I was like trying to get a 12 string guitar and I was like, dude, I'm pretty sure fucking alley at one point on that trip because he had one out of, out of nowhere and he fucking went into the shop and if you interview him asking about this because i'm wondering i want to know i want to know if i'm remembering this right but he fucking gets out and he's in his fucking pirate gear looking total fucking alley style <laughs> all fucking sick. with a 12 string <laughs> yeah. and he fucking he fucking runs out all fucking lanky and just classic alley and he comes out with the fucking 12 string guitar and i remember thinking like what the fuck like Look at that fucking, that dude's fucking gnarly, you know? And we get to the spot and he's fucking going off, you know what I mean? He's just playing or whatever. And I think back and I'm like, damn it, man. Like, if I, like, played guitar back then, I could have been playing and singing with Ali Bulala. But, yeah, yeah that would be Hey, man, it's but, never um, too late. And now is the easiest true. time. I mean, you know, he's, I know you're not in Sweden right now, but <laughs> with, like, with technology, man, back then it would have been hard to collaborate overseas. But now, throw a... Throw a click track on that, and you guys are golden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, but it was it was something cool, and it was just one of those things that kind of like a just like a a, a fucking rock star thing where you just like, the guy ran out and bought a fucking twelve string. I can't. I mean, who knows? It was probably like either fucking two grand or like hundred bucks. But either way, like as a kid, I was like, oh my god, this guy just this guy doesn't care about nothing. He's a fucking rock star slash skater <laughs> slash fucking Ali Balala. Yeah, yeah. Are, you guys are about. Are you, uh, well, no, he's a little older than you, right, Allie? Yeah, I would say he's. I mean, no offense, but I think he's a little, a little bit, a little bit older than me. Well, we yeah. were, we were looking it up, and I was like, like ten I, years. I, I was like, how is he? Looks great. He looks like he's twenty five <laughs> still, you know. Yeah. And he's, I think he's like, he might be like, what was he? I think he was born in the late seventies or something. Yeah, dude, that dude's aging extremely well, especially considering, like, obviously, you know, he had a period where he was going pretty hard. Yeah. That could. Uh, age a lot of people you know um yeah but yeah i'm glad he seemed to be doing well man like it was good talking to him and uh you know it seems like he's just kind of living and trying to en enjoy his time in sweden hanging out with his chihuahua puppy um you know can't complain in regards to that it seems like sweden is not locked down at all uh compared to yeah. other places so he said that that hasn't changed you know his day-to-day -day much which is interesting um apparently sweden is the only country that's never been in lockdown is what he was saying i didn't know that 
pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, man, dude, it's been great talking to you today. Um, I think maybe we might break here and get some grub and and uh, enjoy some of the beautiful weather here in Columbia today. Is it is it pretty nice out in North Carolina? Are you guys gonna have good weather for riding? Oh, uh, we're 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 look, we're sitting pretty, man. Hell yeah, man. Well, I hope y'all have a great day out skating man and uh yeah I'll, I'll send you some links to some music to check out and let me know if there's anything in particular you'd want us to use of yours on the show because like i said man you're sitting on a great record and i'd love to do anything we can to get it to some more ears thanks nate i appreciate it i hope, hope uh, my rambling works out for you guys oh um, man you weren't you weren't uh, rambling you were rad. riffing that was really good really <laughs> sick <laughs> but no I'll, I'll send over some stuff yeah let's fucking talk music man hell yeah man yeah i'm glad i found a randy appreciator through this and we can vibe out to some newman anytime man have you ever seen this book or read this book called uh singer songwriters i think that's what it's called but it's basically interviews with every gnarly fucking writer like shania Uh. twain fucking neil young like everyone that's gnarly is like in there and they just they interview them and even dylan and fucking Randy Newman has a fucking section in it, and Gordon Lightfoot, like all these gnarly writers, like they just do just interviews them, and it's the whole book is like a, just a gathering of all these fucking interviews. Dude, I'll have to check that out. That sounds right up my alley, man. It's fucking, it's cool because you just you you see other songwriters talk about other songwriters in the book, and it's fucking rad. Like like Dylan talks about Randy Newman, and it's just like holy fuck. Yeah, it sounds it's like it cool. breaks the third wall down a little bit, kind of humanizes these like giant artists you know yeah it's cool because because each each dude has their own method and and they then they reference other dudes and you're kind of like oh these motherfuckers don't know what they're doing half the time they're just fucking <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> they're just dude. all doing the same shit everybody's winging it until it works and they're yeah. like it was all my yeah. in my master plan you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's yeah it's easy to call it after it's said and done yeah, totally, man. Well, dude, I'll let you go, man, but it's been awesome talking to you, and I'll definitely stay in touch, and we can uh, share some mutual loved and appreciated records. And if you come through, man, we'll have to bring you by Blue Tile and uh, introduce you to the guys. I know they'd, they'd love to say hey over there. And uh, I, thanks for coming on with us, Dave, and, and talking to Leo, man. Absolutely. It was great listening to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man. No, that was super sick. Uh well, yeah, Leo, uh, we'll talk to you soon, man, and uh, thanks again for talking to us today, man. Yeah, thank you, guys. Have a good one. See you, you man. You too. All right. Bye. This has been a Comfort Monk production.